Welcome into this next episode of Big A Sports Show. I'm your host, Adam and Handel, and I hope that everyone had a good holiday this past weekend extended break and all that. But on this episode, I did want to do a recap of all the NFL action from Thursday's games and Sunday's action. So without further ado, I do want to get right into it and start with the Houston Texans who defeated the Detroit Lions 41 to 25. The Texans are 4 and 7 in third in their division and the Lions are also 4 and 7 and fourth in their respective division. As for some top stats in this one, Deshaun Watson played lights out. He threw for 318 yards. Four touchdowns, no interceptions, and then another notable uh, statistic individually is Will Fuller, the receiver, had 171 yards receiving and two touchdowns. And then there were some other players, too. And again, for all my uh, breakdowns of games, I basically just touch on all the notable uh, players that made an impact. And then there obviously was other players who make an impact. Uh, as well, uh, along with that. And then for the Detroit Lions, Matthew Stafford threw for 295 yards, one touchdown and one interception, and then leading them in receiving was the tight end uh, who played his college ball at Iowa, the former Hawkeye. He had 89 yards receiving. That is TJ Hawkinson. And then a few days after, actually on Saturday, uh, towards the afternoon portion of the day, the Lions decided to relieve head coach Matt Patricia and GM Bob Quinn of their respective duties. And they basically have said enough is enough and moved on from them. The Lions will have Daryl Bevel their offensive coordinator, be their interim head coach, and then they will do a search for a GM and then also uh, a head coach. Although with any move within any sport, if a head coach gets relieved, they do have a chance, or not the head coach, but the interim uh, coach has a chance to stay on uh, potentially if they show well in their interim basis for coaching. So we'll see what Daryl Bevel shows. He could show really well and be hired on to be their head coach permanently, or they could kind of have him coach out the rest of the year and then try and get a another head coach. I have heard some Jim Harbaugh rumors within the media as far as Michigan is struggling within the college football ranks, and uh, a lot of the people around Michigan are getting kind of frustrated with Harbaugh. And Harbaugh, actually, when he's a head coach, he showed pretty well. He wasn't too bad uh, for the most part. And in the NFL, he's he's an all right head coach. I mean, it did seem like the NFL kind of caught on to his read option stuff uh, back when he was the head coach with the Niners. But uh, we'll see what happens uh, with that. Uh, there's other names, too, that could potentially uh, be interviewed. I've heard Robert Sala, uh, NFL Network, uh, Peter Schrager, reporter, reported potentially Robert Sala, uh, the Niners defensive coordinator, maybe. 
and then uh, other names too. So we'll see what happens with them, but they're right now going to play out the rest of their season and try and finish out as strong as they can. But they really struggled on uh, Thursday, and the Texans really took it to them. And uh, Texans got it done. And the Texans have been playing well under their interim head coach, Romeo Cornell. They let go of Bill O'Brien earlier in the year, who was their GM head coach, which you don't see all the time as far as that goes. But uh, Romeo Cornell's uh, coached really well so far with them uh, as far as being an interim head coach. And he's been, aside from that, just a – coordinator in the past uh, along with being an interim head coach now and he's been a respected uh, coordinator and everything so he's got a pretty well respected uh, coaching resume that's for sure so that was kind of the breakdown of that game and then the Washington football team in the afternoon window of Thursday's action defeated the Dallas Cowboys 41 to 16 Washington is four and seven and second in their division, and Dallas is three and eight and fourth in their division. And as far as some statistics for this one, the Washington football team, Antonio Gibson, their rookie running back, continues to have a really good season. I think he's either at double digit touchdowns or close to double digit touchdowns uh, so far. And there's still a f- several weeks left in the regular season. So he can add to that, but he had 115 yards rushing and also three touchdowns. So he was their leader there. Terry McLaurin, uh, much like he does week after week, he led them in receiving with 92 yards. And then Alex Smith uh, threw for 149 yards, had one touchdown and one interception each. And then on the flip side for the Cowboys, Amari Cooper had over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown to lead them there. And then Andy Dalton had kind of a struggle performance where he didn't play that well. He he only had 215 yards passing, one touchdown, and one interception. So the Washington football team has played solid football. I mean, they're under 500, but every team in the NFC East is under 500. And of late, the Washington football team, it seems like they've been uh, playing fairly solid uh, for the most part. And then Dallas continues their struggle. They had a fake punt uh, in that game against uh, the Washington football team. And it was kind of a head-scratching move by head coach Mike McCarthy. It didn't work, and uh, a lot of people were not very happy with the call. uh, That's for sure. So that's the breakdown of that game. And then... uh, As far as moving ahead to Sunday's action, the Packers defeated the Bears 41-25. Packers are 8-3 at first in their division, and then the Bears are 5-6 and and third in their division. And then today I got a a notification that uh, said that Matt Nagy was not very happy. He's very unhappy with the team's performance. He called out some coaches. I believe NFL Network's Andrew Siciliano had the uh, news on that as far as not being very happy uh, with their performance from last night as they got it uh, taken to them pretty pretty good by the Green Bay Packers. And uh, it's just kind of been a struggle for the Bears. They started off the season, I believe, 5-1, and one, and then they've lost their last five, and now they're 5-6. and six, So... They're really struggling, especially offensively. It's been a struggle for them. No matter who they play.
play at quarterback Mitchell Trubisky has been overall struggling right now. Uh, really lackluster, I guess you could say, second pick in the draft from a few years ago. I mean, he's still got uh, more of his career left and uh, some potential. I mean, anybody's got potential in their next games to uh, bounce back, but it ha- he hasn't looked good for the Bears. And then Nick Foles, uh, is, is, he's been hurt, but even when he's played, he's hasn't looked that great, and uh, they, they're just really struggling. And although I will say the Bears were without defensive tackle Keem Hicks, who is one of the best defensive tackles in the game, and that certainly uh, hurt their ability to uh, get enough of a pass rush. I mean, here and there, they got some pressure, but overall Aaron Rodgers was not really touched or anything throughout the night. Packers offensive line played great. And uh, I guess you could say the Hicks injury really hindered the Packers a bit, or rather the Bears ability to get anything going as far as the pressure at Aaron Rodgers. And overall the Packers line has, Played really well uh, on the season. And uh, the Packers got their 100th win all-time versus the rival Chicago Bears. And also Aaron Rodgers, Packers quarterback, had another achievement to add to his already impressive first ballot Hall of Famer resume. He has now thrown for 50,000 yards career passing. So that is very good for Aaron Rodgers. A little uh, congratulations to Aaron as far as that goes. And the Packers haven't lost back-to-back games yet under head coach Matt LaFleur. So that's really good. And the Packers also now hold a three-game lead in the NFC North for the hunt for the top seed as far as in the NFC North. I mean, they're still... A little bit out as far as the overall uh, look in the NFC, but they're 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 ahead in the NFC North, and they're not that far far behind the Saints in the uh, NFC, and they do have the tiebreaker over the Saints as far as their win uh, earlier in the season. So if they keep winning, and let's say they finish thirteen and three, I mean, there's a lot of season left and a lot, a lot of things that can happen. But if they go undefeated the rest of the way, thirteen and three, then the Saints keep doing what they do. The Packers should have a pretty realistic shot of getting the top seed in the NFC. And as we know, in the COVID season that we're having, there's expanded playoffs, seven teams per conference in the number one seed, just the number one seed this year in the playoffs gets the first round by. So that is very coveted. And uh, that will be something that the Packers will be pursuing and, they will need to continue to play really good football. Their defense played fairly well yesterday, last night on Sunday Night Football. Darnell Savage had the two interceptions. And as far as some statistics from the game, uh, lead, leaders-wise, Aaron Rodgers, four touchdowns, 211 passing yards. Aaron Jones, 90 rushing yards. Jamal Williams, 73 rushing yards. Robert Tanyan led them in receiving 67 yards. Devonta Adams had... Solid game. He had 61 yards, one touchdown. Robert Tanyan also had a touchdown in there. And then for the Bears, Mitchell Trubisky had 242 
yards passing, three touchdowns, two interceptions. David Montgomery, over 100 yards rushing. And a touchdown also in the receiving game for him. And then they were led, as they are pretty much every week, in receiving by Allen Robinson, 74 yards receiving. So the Packers keep uh, doing well this year overall. I mean, I know they lost to the Colts last week, and that was a tough game to lose, but they bounced back and got the win. And they are 8-3 and and first in their division and still very much alive for the NFC's top seed. They keep rolling and doing what they do, but they got to take care of business next week against the Eagles. Can't look too far ahead, uh, that's for sure. It's a week-by-week game, and uh, the Packers, very good for them, that's for sure. And then in the next game uh, from Sunday's action, Atlanta defeated Las Vegas 43-6, to and this was kind of a shocker. A lot of people, myself included, were shocked by this. Atlanta is four and seven and third in their division. The Raiders are six and five and second in their division. Although Atlanta has been playing very well under interim head coach Raheem Morris. And this is kind of what I've been saying on previous podcasts. And uh, just in general, I've kind of come to realize this more times than not, no matter the sport, if there's a coaching change, typically, not every time, but typically, the first few games when the interim head coach is in place, the team plays for the interim head coach and they also played as much as they could and did as much as they could for the head coach who got relieved of, of their duties. But the interim head coach, they, they really want to play uh, for them. And uh, that certainly uh, played a factor as far as this game and how the Falcons have play, been playing recently. I mean, they had Dan Quinn, uh, as their head coach coming into the season. He got let go, but they played well for Raheem Morris. And uh, just some statistics from this game for Atlanta. Matt Ryan, 185 yards passing. Calvin Ridley, 50 yards leading them in receiving. Edo Smith had 65 yards leading them in rushing. And this was kind of just an overall balanced effort by Atlanta. Not Not much eye-popping stats as far as anything like that, but they just had an all-around versatile attack to take down the Raiders. And then for the Raiders, Derek Carr threw for over 200 yards, and Hunter Renfro led them in receiving with over 70 yards receiving. So the Raiders now have lost two in a row, and earlier in the season they came up, and they really started well, and they they looked uh, really good, but they have struggled lately. And they still have the talent. I mean, they have... Henry, Henry Ruggs, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr, Darren Waller, Nelson Aguilar for offense. And then the defense has some uh, players, too, as far as they signed Corey Littleton this past offseason. Nick Kwiatkowski, another linebacker that they signed. They do have some talent, and they are still a fairly uh, solid team as they're 6-5 and five still. But uh, they've struggled recently, and hopefully for their sake, they can uh, bounce back in their upcoming games. And then in the next game, the Bills defeated the Chargers 27-17. to The Chargers are 3-8 and eight and 4th in their division. And the Bills are at a record of 8-3 and 1st and in their division. And some statistics from this game. The Chargers, Herbert threw for over 300 yards passing. And then Austin Eckler led them in receiving. Austin Eckler also came back 
from injury and uh, was certainly a welcome back presence because he did very well in the receiving game and in the rushing game, compiling over 100 yards all purpose in this game. And then for the Bills, they were led in the receiving game by Gabriel Davis with 79 yards receiving. And Josh Allen, he kind of had a rough game, over 100 yards passing, a touchdown and an interception. But he's still a very good quarterback, Josh Allen overall. He's he's pretty good. Uh, he's been in the MVP conversation earlier in the season, so he's still got a pretty good uh, quarterbacking game, that's for sure. And then in the re- rushing game, they were led by Devin Singletary, who had over 80 yards rushing. So the Chargers, I mean, I was watching a little bit of this game. Uh, I've the Red Zone channel, and I was watching a little bit of the game. And I'm not a head coach. I'm not. I'm just the person watching the game. But I was still very surprised by some of the questionable play calling decisions and just game decisions that Anthony Lynn made. I mean, Anthony Lynn's a respected coach. He has been to the playoffs with the Chargers before. He's, he's a good coach in his own right. But he's had a tough year with the Chargers, and they haven't had a whole lot of talent. But uh, some of the game decisions, there was a lot of people that, that were surprised uh, by them. And uh, the Chargers had a tough game, and they've had a tough year. And uh, they do have some talent, as they have Herbert, who's a really good rookie quarterback and has a bright future in the NFL. And then a bunch of other players, too. Keenan Allen is always a solid uh, receiver. Austin Eckler, to name a few. They got both on the defensive side of the ball as well to lead them there. And, and then other solid defenders. And the Bills, as far as their season goes, they're a really good team. I mean, they have solid offensive personnel. And then their defense is usually fairly solid under uh, head coach Sean McDermott, who's more of a defensive mind, too. Uh, he was a former defensive coordinator with the Carolina Panthers. So he has a defensive mind, and for the most part, they've been pretty uh, solid, uh, that's for sure. They've had some struggles here and there, but through a 16-game season, any defense or any type of uh, area on your team, it's bound to have some struggle. And then in the next game, the New York Giants defeated the Cincinnati Bengals. The Giants are 4-7, and seven, and the Bengals are 2-8-1. and one. The Bengals in last in their division, the Giants in first in their division. And the score of that game was 19-17. to 17. The Giants have been playing well of late, and their quarterback, Daniel Jones, got injured, so that'll be uh, something to monitor going forward as far as that goes. He, when he did play and was healthy and played, had over 200 yards passing. They were led by Wayne Gallman in the rushing game. And then in the receiving game, Evan Ingram had over 100 yards receiving. And then for the Bengals, their quarterback, Brandon Allen, who is in for Burrow, who unfortunately tore his ACL earlier in the season. Brandon Allen threw for over 100 yards and had kind of a tough game. And then that was kind of their leader there as far as everybody else kind of had a balanced okay game. I guess the rushing game wasn't good at all. 
Uh, their leading rusher was Gio Bernard with 32 yards rushing. And then their receiving game wasn't that great either, like led by uh, T. Higgins with only 44 yards receiving, although he did have a touchdown. And then in the next game, the Titans defeated the Colts 45-26. to The Titans are 8-3 and three in the first in their division, and then in that same division, the Colts are 7-4 and four and in second. Derrick Henry ran wild in this game. I mean, Derrick Henry is one of the best running backs in the NFL, and in this game, he had a total of 178 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Ryan Tannehill, over 200 yards passing, and then A.J. Brown led them in receiving, as he does most weeks uh, for them with 98 yards receiving and a touchdown. The Colts, Phillip Rivers, over 200 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception, and then they had kind of a tough game overall in this game. I mean, Derrick Henry kind of led the way for the Titans, as I mentioned, and he's he's a amazing running back. I mean, it's amazing what he can do. He's built really good for a running back, and he can run defenders over, and he has the physical presence to him, so he's he's really good, that's for sure. And he continues to have an amazing career so far in the NFL and probably will continue to. And then in the next game, the Browns defeated the Jaguars 27-25. to The Browns are 8-3 and and second in their division. The Jaguars are 1-10 and and fourth in their division. The Jaguars, ever since week one, have lost all their games and they have really struggled as far as That goes for them. Their GM got relieved of his duties after the game, and it's been a tough year for the Jaguars. But uh, they just gotta hang in there, go go through the, the ups and the downs. And right now, it's been mostly uh, downs for them as far as uh, not being so good overall in the season, but. It's all part of the trajectory of an NFL football team. Normally, uh, within history, you have uh, good years and bad years. So this is one of their bad years. But as far as some statistics from the game, the Jaguars, Mike Glennon had 235 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And then James Robinson continues his amazing season, over 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. And then they're led also by Colin Johnson, who is their leading receiver. And then the Browns, Baker Mayfield, had 258 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And then Nick Chubb, over 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. Kareem Hunt, 62 yards rushing. And then Jarvis Landry led them in receiving 143 yards receiving and a touchdown. So the Bengal, or rather the Browns continued to do uh, very good work uh, on their season and are 8-3. And the Jaguars' season of struggles continues. And then in the next game, the Vikings defeated the Panthers 28-27. to Panthers are 4-8 and eight and 4th in their division. The Vikings are 5-6 and six and 3rd in their division. Joey Sly, the Panthers kicker, missed a potential game-winning field goal at the end of regulation. And as far as this game goes, some leading statistics. Teddy Bridgewater, in his return from injury, had 267 yards passing. And then they were led by Robbie Anderson in the receiving game 
And then Kirk Cousins, over 300 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Very good game for him. And they were led in the receiving game by Olabisi Johnson. Also, their amazing rookie receiver, Justin Jefferson, had two touchdowns and 70 yards receiving. Dalvin Cook actually had 61 yards rushing, so not the typical over 100-yard game by Dalvin Cook. So good job on the Panthers' defense. We're bottling him up as much as they could, although it wasn't enough as far as they lost the game. But they had a chance to win, and Joey Sly missed the field goal at the end. The Patriots defeated the Cardinals 20-17. to Game-winning field goal at the end of regulation by Nick Folk. The Cardinals are 6-5 and in third in their division, and the Patriots are 5-6 and in third in their division. So this one... The main thing I want to say is Bill Belichick is a really good coach. I mean, he's had an incredible resume so far and will continue to. And one of the best things he does, and I've said it in previous podcasts, is his whole kind of coaching mentality, whatever you want to call it, is to take away the opposing team's best thing that they do. And he has made it hard on opposing quarterbacks, I mean, early in the season, Lamar Jackson, really good quarterback, had a tough game. Kyler Murray, really good quarterback. Didn't have the Kyler Murray-like game that you normally see out of Kyler Murray. 170 yards passing, one interception, no touchdowns. And then New England, overall, they didn't really have a whole lot of eye-popping statistics. I mean, even Cam Newton threw for under 100 yards, two interceptions, but... The Patriots' defense, for the most part, has always been very good and very solid. And it's something to be said for Bill Belichick. I mean, the Patriots are earlier in the season. They don't have Tom Brady anymore because he's now in Tampa with the Buccaneers. And they were counted out by a lot of people, myself included. They're going to miss Tom Brady, and they have missed Tom Brady. But they've done enough to stay within the thick of things in the playoff picture, the expanded playoffs. They have a shot to make the playoffs, if they keep playing well and they keep doing what they have been doing and doing enough to get the job done. We'll see what happens. They could not make the playoffs too, but they have done a nice job hanging in there and uh, doing all right, that's for sure. I mean, they're still under 500 for a record, but they're within the playoff race. So good on the Patriots and good on Bill Belichick for uh, just continuing to impress as far as one of the best things he does, like I said, is take away the other team's best thing that they do. And they really made it hard on Kyler Murray yesterday in the game that they had. And then in the next game, the Dolphins defeated the Jets 20-3. The Dolphins are 7-4 and in second in their division. The Jets are 0-11 in fourth in their division. The Dolphins continue to have a solid season. They're well within the playoff race, and they had Ryan Fitzpatrick play in this game, and Ryan Fitzpatrick had 257 yards passing, two touchdowns, and then they were led by Devontae Parker, over 100 yards receiving, and then the Jets continue to have a tough year for the Jets, and they continue to struggle as they just haven't looked good all year. So the next game... The Saints defeated the Broncos 31-3. to 
The Saints are nine and two in first in their division and in first overall in the NFC. They are on a big winning winning streak. Still, they haven't lost since earlier in the season against the Packers on Sunday Night Football. The Broncos are four and seven and third in their division. And the talk of this game was the Broncos unfortunately had three quarterbacks. Those three quarterbacks on their active roster test positive for the coronavirus and weren't able to play in the game. So they had to have Kendall Hinton start the game. And he had a tough game, but he was elevated from, I believe, the practice squad. And he didn't do that great. He had one of nine for 13 yards, two interceptions. But he was thrust into a tough situation. And it's tough playing against any NFL team. I mean, he was playing against the Saints, who are very good. They're very good on offense. And also their defense is pretty solid, too. So it was a tough game for the Broncos. But when you're out your three quarterbacks on your roster and you're still playing the game because the NFL... I mean, they're determined to get the season in and do everything they can to get the season in. And they are bound to do it. I mean, in the receiving game, the only pass that Hinton completed was to Noah Fant. He was their leader in receiving. One catch, 13 yards. Other than that, it was rushing by Royce Freeman, Melvin Gordon, and Philip Lindsay. And even they didn't even rush the ball for that great. But they were in a tough situation. and. Really, I mean, I guess you could say they're competitors and, and they're going to want to win like anything, but they were not set up for success, that's for sure, with the positive COVID test. And uh, that's how the game went for them. So the next game, the 49ers defeated the Rams. And a little bit of a shocker as far as a lot of people, myself included, expected the Rams to win. The Rams are coming off the Monday Night Football game win against the Buccaneers. And playing really solid. Yeah, again, the Rams coming off the Monday Night Football victory against the Buccaneers, and they were playing really solid. And they're 7-4 and four off the loss to the 49ers. The Niners are 5-6, and six, and they're 4-4th four and fourth in the NFC West, while the Rams are in second in the NFC West. So the Niners are giving themselves a shot. I mean, they're getting healthy. They've had a lot of players that were hurt and had positive COVID tests, but now they're getting healthy. And as I mentioned on previous podcasts from my episode, a big A sports show, they have done a nice job hanging in there, weathering the storm. I mean, I've said before, I saw a stat earlier in the season, I believe ESPN had it, where their top players, as far as salary, most of them were hurt. And they've went through a lot of injuries. And I know that you could say that about any team. Every team goes through injuries, but the amount of injuries that they've went through, and I believe after the Niner game, uh, when the Packers played the Niners, the quarterback for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically alluded to he's never seen anything like the amount of injuries that the Niners have had to go through, and they've been able to stick with it, stay in there, and fight. I mean, they're fighting for a playoff spot. It's not likely that they'll make it because probably four teams making it from one division isn't probably realistic. But who knows? The COVID-shortened season and the expanded playoffs, we'll see what happens. But Kyle Shanahan is a very good coach, and John Lynch, their GM, is a a very good GM. And uh, they've hung in there, that's for sure. And as far as some statistics from this game, They were led by Debo Samuel in the receiving game, 133 yards receiving. 
And then Nick Mullins ordered 200 yards passing, one interception, and then in the rushing game, kind of balanced attack there uh, from all the rushers. And then Jared Goff had a tough game. The Niners defense did a good job against Jared Goff. He only threw for 198 yards passing, two interceptions. And then Cam Akers led them in rushing. And then also leading them in receiving was Robert Woods. So the Rams will kind of have to learn from this game, move on from it. I don't know what they want to do. They'll probably look at some tape and, and learn some things, but sometimes it depends. Some coaches just kind of want to not watch much and move on uh, from it because they know that they're better than what they played. But we'll see what uh, head coach Sean McVay does uh, as far as that goes. But I'm assuming they'll probably take a few games or a few things from this game and uh, try and look uh, to improve uh, as their season goes on. And then in the next game, the Chiefs defeated the Buccaneers 27-24. to The Chiefs are 10-1 in first in their division, and the Buccaneers are 7-5 in second in their division. Patrick Mahomes had 462 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and then Tyreek Hill had 269 yards. That's right. You heard that right. 269 yards receiving, three touchdowns. Those were the headliners as far as the players from this game. Whenever you talk about this game, that's kind of where – you go as, as far as that goes. And then the rushing game for the Chiefs was kind of uh, rough. They had a tough uh, rushing game there. And then for the Buccaneers, Tom Brady had 345 yards, passing two interceptions, three touchdowns. And then they were led by Ronald Jones in the rushing game and led by Rob Gronkowski in the receiving game. So the Buccaneers have kind of struggled a little bit recently. Now they're on their bye, and they're probably very happy because – they need a buy. I mean, they haven't been playing very well. I mean, I'm sure a lot of their players would say we we need a buy. I mean, they're a very good team. They have a good record, but they've struggled of late. And anytime you can get a buy and kind of reset and uh, regroup, uh, that's uh, very good. And then the Chiefs continue uh, their amazing season coming off their Super Bowl winning season last year. And they're just amazing. And Patrick Mahomes, I mean, last night when I was watching the Packer game, and how effective the Packers' offense was, I thought kind of, who are the top offenses in the NFL that are consistently really good? And probably, you probably would say the Packers, the Chiefs, and the Seattle Seahawks are probably in a league of their own. I mean, there's other offenses that are good, and they show flashes of brilliance, but they also have some more ups and downs than, than like, an elite offense uh, of of the Packers, Seattle, and then Kansas City. And I would say probably the best offense in the NFL is you could probably say the Chiefs. I mean, they're amazing. Andy Reid's a fantastic play caller, and Patrick Mahomes is an all-world quarterback. I mean, he's, he's impressive. He's probably the best quarterback I've seen ever, and that's – Amazing. Like, he's really good. He's probably the best quarterback a lot of people have seen. So, that is something uh, to be said uh, for that. And that kind of uh, is a recap of all the NFL action from Thursday and Sunday as I did that uh, on another episode of Big A Sports Show. I'm your host, Adam Van Handel. Again, if you want to continue to spread the word about my show, you can continue to spread the word about my show. Be paying attention for all my upcoming uh, content always. And the best way is just to follow my episode log. It's available anywhere you get your podcast for Big A Sports Show. 
And uh, if you missed any of my episodes, go back in the log and listen to those. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode and all my future episodes as I kind of do a wide range of uh, variety of my sports uh, talk for my podcast. So I'm always looking for as many consistent listeners as possible. Your listening support's been great, and I hope it continues. But that'll about do it for another episode of Big A Sports Show. I'm your host, Adam Handel. Thank you all again for listening. Thank you.